Hello everybody, welcome back to another fantastic edition of your Heart in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we answer the hard questions that the NBA is asking us this week, and there's been a lot of them going on this week. I'm your host Matt, again joined by Michael, and on this wonderful Saturday of the 2nd of February, a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff went down in the NBA, <laughs> most notably like 10 players have moved, and uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis is now on the chopping block. But before we get into that, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor for this episode of Hard in the Paint Podcast, Verner's, the original ginger soda. With natural and artificial flavors, Verner's has been providing you original ginger soda ever since the great old year of 1866. Basketball wasn't around back then, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the nice sizzling bubbles going down the back of your throat while at the same time soothing it for when you might have to do long talks with a sore throat. Uh, So I recommend Werner's for its authentic, bold taste and its nice ginger flavor. And with that, let's just hop right into things. Uh, Probably the most notable, while Anthony Davis, and we kind of mentioned him last time a little bit, but... Uh, more importantly, and probably more shockingly, the Kristaps Porzingis trade now that has effectively moved half of the Knicks team to <laughs> Dallas in exchange for our boy DSJ. So, Michael, just break this down for the people at home real quick. You know, bizarre turn of events on Thursday. Christoph Sporzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, Trey Burke are now in Dallas. DSJ is heading to the Knicks, uh, along with Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan and a couple of future first-round picks. Although Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan most likely probably going to hit the buyout market. So really, DSJ is probably the only one that will actually be a Nick next season. That's very true. Uh... How, How did this happen? How did the Knicks trade away a franchise player for cap space so this is this is either like the biggest 4d chess move or just the biggest <laughs> testament to how bad the knicks are in terms of a front office organization so let's just flash back to was it 2015 draft or zingus yeah uh, i think 16 yeah 2015 sounds right it was 14 it was Anyways, like Embiid Wiggins draft. Yeah. We all remember the close-up pan <laughs> to the crying Knicks fan and the ceremonial boos that rang out of MSG. <laughs> and little did they know, a year later, they would be praising his name in the streets, praising him more than Mello, more than Derrick Rose, more than Joakim Noah. And now he's gone. Your star child, your... He's actually the best player they've drafted in like 30 years. Potentially like you know, the original <laughs> unicorn. Pretty much. You know, a lot of other teams weren't picking Porzingis that high on their draft boards. So it was definitely like a, a 4D chess move to pick him that high and have him pan out, you know, minus the injuries, which we'll get into later. But you know, you kind of struck gold, and you're kind of tossing it, it seems like. But there's more to this story. It sounds like Chris Stapps was not excited with the direction the Knicks franchise had been taking in his time there, which, of course, makes a lot of sense. His first year was obviously played with Mello, and that weird kind of retirement tour that Mello had, and now, you know, this year, obviously there was no hope of them winning anything so i think they just accepted the tank however uh it seems kind of weird seems a little fishy to me this comes out all of a sudden i don't think they accepted the tank i think this was the first year with fizdale and scott perry that they actually had a game plan because normally the knicks when they when they tank they don't know how to tank properly so they end up winning too many games but this time they're actually doing really well at tanking like, they're probably going to be rejected top three, which is good, because uh, the way that the lottery is set up now, that the top three is kind of flattened out for the first pick. 
So you're actually in the Zion sweepstakes. Uh, they've shed KP, but they've taken on DSJ. And are they going to play DSJ? Because DSJ is he's not the best player, obvi- like, obviously, right? What else would they move him? But he's good enough to win you games. And if he wins too many games, they're going to lose out on the lot, like on the tanking situation. Well, let's let's flash back to DSJ's draft for a second. Uh, it was New York <laughs> that took your boy Frankie Smokes ahead of DSJ, eight, yeah. <laughs> uh, and potentially the biggest flop of that draft. Uh, let's Frankie Smokes averages uh, like five whoa, and three. Whoa, 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 Markel Fultz headlined that draft. Fultz is is clearly going to be the biggest like bust of that draft if if he never plays. I I just didn't count him. I've already ruled him out. So. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was just going with active players. Uh, Frankie Smokes obviously isn't panning out very well, uh, so it's kind of funny that they're they somehow kept him in that. Like, I, I feel like you would have tried to get rid of him too while you're at it. But obviously, there's another step to this process that we need to trust in the Knicks franchise for with all these players and trades coming up. However, you know, DSJ is is a pretty solid talent. I mean, he's his dynamic point guard, can shoot the three ball, probably the best dunker out of the point guard drafts recently, like him and Donovan. I mean, they were both in the dunk contest, so obviously they're like premier dunkers. And I think DSJ is definitely coming back. I'm not sure about Donovan, so. Well, I mean, pretty much overnight, if we discount Cantor, DSJ is probably the best NBA talent on the Knicks team right now. So I have an interesting perspective on this. Last night, they already updated the 2K rosters for both of these <laughs> trades. I love it. And they have a like a special mode where you play against both of them like back-to-back. And they do start DSJ over Moutier, Frankie, all those other guys. As they should, yeah. I agree. It makes sense even though by 2K standards, his overall is worse, but pretty interesting there and they also have kevin knox really high which i think is actually might be their second most important talent piece now that chris Stapps is gone right how many point guards do the knicks have so they had they had four right so they okay. had they had trey burke they had frankie they got moody and they had um it's corny lee count no um what's He's his name guy. I think Alonzo Trier can technically be a point guard. Okay. So that's four. They got rid of one, so they still have four point guards. (laughs) Of course, Frankie and Moody are out right now with injuries, so it kind of makes sense that you pick up DSJ in the immediate time span. But No, it it doesn't, though, because if you're trying to tank, those injuries help your tanking. Like, having a point guard is a great way to tank. You can't just be like... We're going to full tank, you know, screw the rules, screw everything. You know, you got to have like this veil of, oh, they're making this trade because their point guards are injured. Just so Adam Silver doesn't find you out that wazoo for the next 10 years. Oh, no. See, I think Adam Silver is in on all this. So I've got some conspiracies later that I'll, I'll dive into uh, surrounding Adam Silver. But I, I think Adam Silver is like, his fingerprints are all over this trade. This so is... another aspect of this trade that I would like to mention before we get too too far down the line is there's a arms on my chair are screwing up second okay um there's a not a conspiracy but kind of a dark side to this deal and that is that porzingis might be too injured and his medicals might be compromised that is why in new york felt like dumping him it's an interesting perspective on the deal that I don't think people have been talking about. I don't know if I trust the Knicks. I don't want to say front office. Because I like Scott Perry and Fisdale and, and that kind of side of it. But I don't know if I trust like their PR people. Like their, um, This whole Kristaps came into a meeting and then somehow like an hour later he gets traded. Like That seems too convenient. It seems like they had Dallas on the line going for a trade. And then they like invited Kristaps into like a meeting with them, and they basically try to like piss him off as much as possible, so that way they could then then leak out that like oh KP doesn't want to play here, so that way when the trade goes through like an hour later, he, yeah, like 
Kristaps is like the bad guy. He's like the villain in the trade. So it's like, oh, it, it's almost like they're trying to build sympathy. It's like a weird politics play, right? It's like, okay, we want to get this guy out of the door, but let's try and make the door bite him on the way out so we don't look as bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is is this the most, is this the weirdest trade to happen in a while? Like I was thinking with you know with Kawhi going to Toronto and DeRozan going to San Antonio, like that was a that was kind of you know out there trade, right? Yeah, but it you know like looking back, it kind of makes sense. It's like. Everyone knew Kawhi had to be moved, and it's kind of funny that Pop moved him not to like Southern California, but to like like Canada. Like it's funny, but this is like I, I uh, like who who would have approached who in this trade? Like who do you think picked up the phone first, Dallas or New York? Mark Cuban definitely started the phone call. <laughs> uh, All right, so so the Mavs they get Kristaps, they get Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke. This is so nice. Like this fits their deal like almost perfectly right now, except for the fact that, of course, KP isn't playing. But you know, you needed another point guard because Perea uh, is out for the season, I believe. Mm. Uh, Trey Burke fits that role really well. Spark plug, you know, basically can give you the DSJ productivity minus the uh, ego, so to speak. Yeah, I, I mean, can Trey Burke play off the ball? Uh, maybe I don't. I don't so know. That's the big thing. Was like DSA can't really play off the ball, and if Luca is gonna have the ball, I mean, I think I think it came down to you know, it's like playing with Harden. You've got to have a certain anti ego to like just sit on the three point line the whole game. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, except that team has CP3, who we know has an ego. <laughs> Right, but he's the only other guy on that team that doesn't sit on the three-point line the whole game. I mean, technically, they had mellow for a while. But but you, right, so, you, you know what I'm saying. You know yeah, what I'm saying. so so Europe all 2020 and beyond. We got Luca. we got Kristaps. You know Dirk is going to be, like, whether or not he's a player, you know he's going to be this, like, coach kind of mentor on this team, right? This is Beautiful. cool, right? Yes, absolutely. This is definitely, like... If they were American, it would be like total Team Trump in Dallas. It'd be awesome. Oh yeah, a border state. Yeah, <laughs> but now you just have like these. Uh, I guess Luca's technically Spanish, right? And then Dirk is no. Luca is uh, Slovenian, dude. He played in Spain, but he's Slovenian. Yeah, yeah. I was I was talking about where they played from. Ow, ow. Because he would go back and play with the Spanish team, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, the Spanish league is like like in terms of professional leagues, the NBA is clearly number one. Like the Spanish league is probably like. The second best so professional league in the world. Genetic Slovenian. Uh, you have a Dirk is German. Dirk is yeah. German, and then KP Christoph is, uh, is uh, Lithuanian. Latvian. I think he's Latvian. So now you need to get uh, Kuzminskis from the Knicks bench. So you get the <laughs> Lithuanian trifecta there. Uh, if we go with Enos Cantor, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little annoyed. Enos Cantor wasn't also thrown in this because that's like a good playoff guy, and if the Mavs or trying to make a playoff move. I mean, I don't think they will because I don't think KP is going to play this year. But next year, like, Enos Cantor is a good guy to have in the playoffs. Yeah, he's great. Also, uh, they just traded away their starting center and didn't get a center to replace him. Uh, so they're going to play small ball for a while here, it looks like. Which I guess right. makes sense because they're trying to basically make... Uh, they're trying to make Houston out of Doncic, pretty much. I mean... Do you think KP is going to come back this season, or do you think his health is going to sideline him for the rest of the year? That's a tough one. I know at the beginning of the year we were saying they should just take him out the whole year because there's no reason to play him ever, but now it's like, well, if you get like the eighth seed in the playoffs, I would play him for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, different situation, right? I mean, at, he was on the Knicks, so the Knicks needed to tank. Like, even as terrible as the eastern Conference is. there were clearly five better teams that were basically going to uh duke it out for the eastern conference so it made sense for the knicks to tank but like for the mavs they're three to four games behind the number eight seed with only yeah, like everybody's three to four games behind the eight seed yeah but i mean like that's a lot to make up in like 35 games especially now that lebron is back with the Lakers, so you know that they're going to try to make a run. 
Yeah, I, I mean, everybody should be kind of, uh, you know, it happens every year where the, the actual, like, Spurs and the Warriors and the LeBrons, they all kind of get their act together the last two months to try and get some momentum going. But I think I would still try and play KP, like, maybe for, like, t four or five games. Like, those last games in April, just, like, mm. play KP. So, you know, see, give people some hope, you know. I would be shocked if they made the eighth seed, but it would be really cool if they did. And it was because they played KP like 10 games. What happens to Harrison Barnes? Like, you think he's going the out the door? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think he should. I think he actually kind of fits with this team. It's like they're very, at least on offense, they're good on offense with, I mean, assuming KP's healthy. And they're very tall. They're very long. Like Luca is six seven. I mean, Courtney Lee is like you know the shortest guy at like six five, like six, yeah four. six five. But he's also a three and D guy. Like yeah, and he'd be like your smallest player on the court. Like this is a very tall team. So I think you, like I think Harrison Barnes is still like pretty valuable for this team. Like uh, you know he he basically is like a PJ Tucker role on this team right now. Well, he basically does a lot that Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of brings to the table, right? Like, those guys probably overlap in game, like, 85%. No, no way. You don't think that? Who guards, like, LeBron and KD and all of them? It's Harrison Barnes, right? Yeah, I guess he's the only real person that can play defense on that team. Like Although, he... I expect Tim Hardaway Jr. to be a lot better now that he doesn't have to, like, single-handedly carry the New York Knicks. I think, I think he's going to be better. We'll see. I think the important part of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s aspect in this is his contract was just... Yeah, the salary dump. Yeah, just a blow-up. So New York saved so much money off that. that. Like you said, now they can still sign two superstars next summer. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about this. Okay, so they've shed the contracts of Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr., which was going to put them on the books for like $50 million. And I think next season, the biggest contract they have on the table is some money that they have to pay Joe Kim Noah at like 6 million or something. So they can have like north of $70 million this summer in terms of cap space. That's easily two free agents and like another, you know, six man kind of guy. Cause that's 30 some million, 30 some million. And then you got 10 left over ish. Okay. So I guess bright side, like the best uh, possibility out of this trade. Like if, if New York is going to absolutely win this trade, they get Katie, they get Kyrie. They use these assets that they picked up with DSJ and flip it for Anthony Davis. And they tank out well enough to get Zion. Right. That's like absolute. The best that they could do is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson. Yes, I think with all four of those stars line, that would be the ultimate best part of this New York deal. Do uh, we trust the Knicks front office <laughs> that much? Well, there's this weird upswelling going on right now that's like, oh, maybe Zion's not worth the number one pick. It's like... Uh, <laughs> what? It's like some talk that uh, like RJ Barrett or somebody else might be worth number one because they're... a better fit in today's game or something like that. I, I don't think so. I like higher skill players as opposed to just a physical monstrosity. But Zion actually has some finesse to his game. Like he does take threes and he's got a nice kind of spin baseline move that he puts on. Like he's not just a raw physical guy, like an Andrew Wiggins kind of type. Like, he actually does. I mean, he's not like Anthony Davis, but like he has that kind of, you know, despite being six nine, six ten, or whatever he is, six eight maybe. Like he's got he's got a bit of a finesse to his game. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying that he's like in my opinion. I think you still take him number one, but I've just been hearing these takes from, you know, random ESPN shows. I'm like, are you guys really serious right now? Like, uh, you know, in what world do you not take like a NBA starter as the first round first pick. I also think you take Zion just for the sheer excitement it brings to the team. 
especially for the mecca of basketball, you need a big ticket superstar. I mean, that's why right, everybody so, cried at Porzingis, yeah, right? Because he wasn't a so, big ticket superstar. So this whole thing has been floating around for years, right? That the Knicks are going to land top tier talent just because they happen to be in the, you know New York City. Do we do you believe this? Like, is this like a real thing? Would players really come to this dumpster fire of a franchise? Let's take a just look because at they're in New York City. <laughs> Historically, the only person that's done that was uh, Amari Stoudemire when he missed out on the big, LeBron Wade, the big LeBron Wade train. Yeah, and he got overpaid and didn't play that much. So, uh, the only other big name free agents, I guess you could say, are. A one knee Derrick Rose and one knee Joe Kim Noah from four years ago. Like <laughs> they don't have a great track record of uh like actually acquiring people in free agency or even trades for that matter. And their of course their draft history has been they missed Steph Curry, so let's just put that in there. And then they missed DSJ. <laughs> I got KP right though. I think Kevin Knox is a win. I don't think he's like a super win, but he's like solid. Like, I think he's fair. But it's definitely been very low on the totem pole. And you would think that like a place like New York would, you know, there's this common conception that like everybody wants to play there and loves the city and all that jazz, yeah, but it's like no that? one stays. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I if I actually believe this. It's like, let's look at the history of New York Knicks basketball right so it's been almost 20 years since they went to the finals uh the last time they were in the playoffs was like 2013 with that like awesome mellow year so like 20 years they haven't been good and then if you take out like the 90s you know like pat riley jeff and gundy kind of little run uh the 80s they don't really do anything uh kind of basically since the NBA ABA merger, apart from maybe six years in the nineties and one mellow year, the Knicks haven't done anything. <laughs> the The trick is though, is they haven't been as like abysmally bad until like recently though. Like they've been they've been mediocre, but they've never been like number one pick worthy until these past couple years, right? Like they've kind of somehow managed to stay in like the eighth seed hunt, but never really like fully committed one way or the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think they've been bad at tanking. Like I, I just think they're they're too dumb to really figure this out. I think Phil Jackson these last couple of years really screwed him over. <laughs> you know that guy can win so many rings, but he can't save a starving franchise. Yikes! So I guess the whole thing with the Knicks you know, shutting off franchise KP for 70 million in cap space is this kind of wink, wink deal with Kevin Durant, I guess. And maybe Kyrie, which, which was actually, so yesterday the Celtics were playing, uh, the Knicks in New York, right? Yeah. I watched Everybody that. Was just like shouting, <laughs> we want Kyrie. We want Kyrie. And all the reporters were trying to nag him afterwards saying, Oh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> and Kyrie was I gotta like, don't say, talk to me, man. <laughs> I, I gotta say after hearing like the Knicks who, like, they have nothing to cheer for, right? And yet, the fans, you know, they saw this, like, buzz in the arena. And this is me watching it through TV, right? And uh, just, like, the palpability of them wanting Kyrie so much. I really want it to be a thing. You know, <laughs> Like, I, the New York Knicks fans have convinced me that Kyrie should be a Nick. I think it's hilarious because it almost sounded like a Boston chant, like that you'd hear in the playoffs. I was like, is this half the Boston fans screaming this and half the New York fans? That's the other thing, right? You got this whole like Boston New York rivalry thing going. Like if he, if we get goes... the triangle back of Boston, Philly, New York, that would be really cool. Well, yeah. So like this is uh, this is one of the things that I, I think Adam Silver is kind of he's kind of in this, right? Is because if you're Adam Silver and you're looking at you know, how can we really overtake all the other sports and kind of really make up ground in the NFL? Which, which is, by the way, hilarious that, like, the trade deadline is, like, this early. So this KP trade happens, like, right before the Super Bowl. And it's like no one cares about the Super Bowl because of this trade. And KP's like, not even, like, a, you know, max player. Like, yeah, like, Adam Silver is so good at just, like, mowing over the NFL right now. Uh, but I, I do think that 
Adam Silver's like dream NBA is that the Knicks are good, Boston's good, Philly's good, Golden State, the Lakers, and Chicago. Those are probably the six most valuable franchise markets you know kind of in 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 the country right like those are the you know we want playoff basketball in all six of those cities all the time and i think this is how so you know like i think this is how he gets the knicks to be good is is you gotta kind of do a little bit of tampering here yeah i mean i i can see it i mean there's always been that kind of rumor going around that like yeah we want to bring you know you know, all star and playoff basketball back to these storied franchises and stuff. That's why everybody leaves all those small markets and all this tampering and then the the CP three trade that never happened is like, uh okay. And then then the, the secret Paul George tampering from last year. Yeah, that's a thing. That's definitely a thing. <laughs> And this AD fine, that that's kind of insane too, right? I mean, it's not a lot of money fine, but it's like, why would you find him for that? And also, it's like, I mean, why why Anthony Davis? Like, we didn't do it with anybody else, right? Like, like it was clearly obvious that I think LeBron was going to go to LA last year with buying what two houses, <laughs> whatever, and like his kid schools. Like, it was it was like in the cards. Adam Silver is kind of like selectively this whole tampering thing is just kind of being swept under the rug. Yeah, I'm very confused. It feels like out of all the things, the AD one is probably the one you shouldn't have find because it was well, it wasn't really leaked by him. It was leaked by, you know, a reporter or something. And then it was his agent saying things. So it's like, OK, but he didn't say, like, I'm going to go to the Lakers. He just said, I want out like that's totally different. So. And that's why I think Adam Silver was kind of trying to direct so that way, like New York, Boston, Philly, Chicago, uh, San Francisco, and LA, and then, you know, kind of secondary Brooklyn, the Clippers, some team in Texas, or maybe Phoenix. Like, you know, then you kind of have all the big markets, kind of all the teams, and everyone's a lot more interested if you can kind of create some parity, not amongst East West, but maybe amongst those kind of six to 10 teams. Yeah. Yeah, especially those mega cities, you know, it helps yeah. out a lot too. So I so, think um, one of the other aspects of this trade to kind of yeah. r- roll us back into the <laughs> the, the, the show stopping number here is, you know, everyone's saying, you know, New York obviously has all this cap space now. They're gonna get KD and Kyrie. Like those are like the two locks. It seems like people are saying. However, you know. Kyrie has seemed like he's made it obvious that he wants to stay in Boston. It's really weird. And then we had this thing that AD's dad said that he never wants his son to play in New York or something like that. And then we haven't really heard a whole lot about Durant's camp unless he's pulling, you know, his webs behind the strings. So, you know, what what other players could go there? You think, like, Kemba maybe? Oh. Yeah, so, like, if, if they... Swing and they miss on this KD, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, and even Zion. Like if they miss out on all on those four guys, I think you gotta say that this whole trade was clearly a failure. So after that, Kemba, I think, would be the obvious target to go after. But I think the Hornets would probably go all in on Kemba, trying to keep Kemba. Like I, I feel like Kemba wants to be a Hornet for life, right? Like he wants all the records. Which he's probably, if not already has, he's probably pretty close to claiming all those records anyway. Yeah, I mean, just off a of tenure alone. I mean, nobody seems to really stay there very long, so. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I, like, he's going to be almost 30 years old. He's 28 going on 29 or 29 going on 30, something like that. And his contract is one of the better contracts in the league, considering it's kind of like that second Steph Curry contract where it's pretty much a discount for how good he is. And he just became an all-star, so you know his uh, trade value is going to go up. I'm kind of wondering if the Hornets, you know, not, not always the best at drafting and franchise and, you know, the Nick Batum contract and stuff like that. 
kind of wondering if they screw this up and somehow Kemba ends up like going to the Knicks, even though he wants to play for the Hornets. But there's like, you know, like there's $10 million, right? That Kemba wants like $10 million total. So like, I don't know, let's say he signs like a five-year contract, like $2 million a year. And the Hornets are unwilling to give him that. So then some other Knicks are like, yeah, we'll pay you the extra $10 million, And then he goes to the Knicks. Yeah, and then they lose him for free. That's like... Yeah, it's like, just paying the extra $10 million, you can keep Kemba for life. But I feel like the Hornets may not do that. Well, if you remember, like... I don't remember how long ago it was, but probably a couple months ago, we were saying, oh, it'd be cool if you know the Hornets grabbed Porzingis somehow because it's a big white guy that shoots threes to pair with Kemba. It'd be, like, perfect. Yeah, it's like well, so much for that deal. I mean, I don't know. There's a, there's another idea that like Boogie. Yeah, because Boogie's uh, basically on a contract year. Jimmy's kind of on a contract year. Uh, like Jimmy and Kyrie and KD are kind of tight somehow. Um, Tobias Harris even. Like, what if? Uh, all right. So, what if they end up with Tobias Harris? Jimmy Butler, and they don't get the first pick in the draft, so they get, let's say, R.J. Barrett. Is is all that worth it for giving away Kristaps? I was about to pose you a similar proposition. I think it... That's such a hard one. Like, that's such a hard deal to take then, because you're kind of banking on this deal. Like, Like, everyone kind of felt KP was... You know, he's obviously a unicorn, but he's almost one of those untradeable guys, like kind of like Anthony Davis. It's like, you would never trade that guy uh, in a sense. And then they traded him and he's injured. Like, okay. So now you're, you know, the, the usual measure of deals is who gets the superstar. That's usually who wins the trade deal. And yeah, the only way is... the Knicks win this is if they flip all these four superstars. Yeah. This is either like the most, the the tray that is the most uh has the most evidence for tampering or the Knicks have made the worst deal since the Boston Nets twenty thirteen, you know, trading the, away the next decade type thing. Alright, so let's take the ultimate worst case for the Knicks here. So let's say Okay, so you have you got DSJ. I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy is the. I think Tobias Harris Jimmy is the worst combination you would get out of free agents. I think you can do worse than that. I think you can say, "All right, we got DSJ. He tears his ACL again because we know he's got <laughs> knee problems." <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mentioned that. Uh, so you get that Cantor somehow gets like, you know, put into a Turkish gulag. Uh, for everything happening over there. So you've lost your two best players. Uh, you've already lost Ron, you know, the baby maker, taker. So, you know, now you've got two superstars and absolutely D-League players for the rest of your roster. I mean, you know, <laughs> even like KD Kyrie, like, I don't know how that saves it, you know? It's like, it's like, it's like, why would, you know, the, the, all these trades proposed, you know, you get these maybe big two, big three, you know, with, with the trades that go on. And then you fought the rest of the $5 million left over with random D league players and you hope it all works or like vetmans and stuff. And that's yeah, like not see, enough to win anymore though. See, before this trade, I thought the whole point was that KP was your best asset to lure in talent. Like KD would want to play with KP Kyrie would want to play with KP. Kemba would want to play with KP. Exactly. And especially because, you know, KP is known as a unicorn. Kevin Durant gave him that name. Like, Kevin Durant was the first person to be like, yeah, that dude's the unicorn. And then it just stuck. So Kevin Durant clearly likes Kristaps Porzingis. Like, he got the same, like, Anthony Davis level of, like, or, 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 What's the word I'm looking for? Ordainment? Like, like you know, the like six years ago, everyone's like, oh, Anthony Davis, it's his league. Oh, it's his league. They said it for like seven years in a row. Yeah. Like, KP kind of got the same thing, but just the unicorn moniker. It's like, oh, it's his league. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now it's like you could end up with like a bunch of nobodies and like Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. Like that would just be so bad. And they win too many games, so they actually don't get like a top. They traded away for something, I bet, and then it, they don't get like anything out of it. Like, golly, like I, I just have very, like, give me, give me a chances, like that this works out well for the Knicks. Is it like fifty fifty? Is it like eighty twenty? I, I, I don't know, man. I think it's. It's a pretty high chance that they get one max player, right? So, are you I really? Say, you I, think they get yeah, one? Yeah, I, I think I think they've got a good chance at getting Kevin Durant because I also, with all this, uh, you know, burner accounts, and, and when I hear Kevin Durant talk, I don't know if Kevin Durant is that smart. And I guess like what I'm what I'm trying to say is. He might win a third straight title at Golden State, and they have like the chance to put together a run of like six titles in a row, like like truly legacy defining, greatest team of all time type of talk. And I don't know if Katie is smart enough to be like, yeah, I'll stick around for that instead of just being like, no, nah, I want to go play uh, New York Knicks basketball and be like, you know, this the savior of New York kind of thing that never really pans out. Seems a lot like uh, the Bulls breakup or the Lakers breakup. Um, well, I mean, the Bulls, it was, you know, the front office really hated Michael Jordan. They traded then, away Scotty. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, and they also, like, really hated Michael Jordan. And then, the you know, the Lakers, it was, like, Shaq, Kobe. Like, there's really nothing to tear apart the Golden State team, right? Like, at best, it's going to be Draymond is going to be, like, the guy that... But then it's like, you can just not pay Draymond and keep Boogie. You know what I mean? Like... It's like, or you can you can go after Anthony Davis. Like, there are ways of keeping that nucleus of Clay, Steph, Katie together for the long term, and their games will kind of, will age pretty grace. Like, they're you know, they're shooters. Like, their game is not going to like it's not built on super athletic play. And I feel like he, so I feel, I feel like they have a good chance of getting Kevin Durant, max player. I mean, awesome move. The problem is I think they're going to have like 30 million left over and they're just going to pay Tobias Harris max money, even though Tobias Harris probably doesn't really deserve max money. Kind of a lot like what Orlando has done with Aaron Gordon, just giving him like a massive contract. And it's like, are we sure you should be giving him that much money? And I think that's ultimately where the Knicks end up. See, I think the way that it should go down is if I'm like a solo superstar I'm not going to want to go to New York by myself. Like that's too much of a volatile fan base and market and let alone actually winning anything. It seems like you need to at least. So I, you know, if we were having all these phone calls and like, you know, I was KD and like, I knew it was like Kyrie and Jimmy and Kemba were in the conversation with me. I'd be calling them up being like, Hey, how do you guys feel about this? Where are you at on this? Cause I ain't going by myself, dude. Like if we're going, we're going together. It's like it's almost yeah. like a prisoner's dilemma, but which is which really is, hilarious. <laughs> which is why the whole salary dump to get that extra slot makes a lot of sense. Okay, absolute worst case uh, is for some reason the Knicks take up the John Wall contract. That would be John Wall, Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins. I, I think that would be. Yeah, that that's that that could be pretty likely. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> God, they'd be so stupid to do that. Oh, man. It, it's, you know, I'm going to say that this works out. It has to, right? Like, there's no way you 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 move a franchise guy for cap space and then miss out on the, on, on the free agents. Like, in, in such a loaded class. Because the following summer, there's nobody up on the board. Like, the I'm, following summer, it's technically 80 although he'll probably be moved. And then Draymond in 2020. It's like, this is this is your time if you're the Knicks. It's, it's to make your move now. I'm going to give it like a 72% chance that this works out for the Knicks. Like, I'm not very confident in their FO and just all the other things that could happen in the meantime. But like you said, it seems like this is the time and it seems like the narrative is 
encouraging players to go there, which is kind of weird. And then, of course, whatever Adam Silver is using his burner phone for. So DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, Enos Cantor, could they all be on the buyout market? Absolutely. So playoff teams? They're definitely solid assets. Like, I mean, a lot of teams would... West Matthews. Oh, West Matthews. Yeah. I mean, 3 and D. I mean, I know he's never really been the same since his, uh, I think it was Achilles tear. But, I mean, minus, like, his bigger contract than what he's worth, like, what team could want him, you know? Maybe he goes to Charlotte and doesn't seem too bad. I think Philly and Houston. Yeah, it fit fine in Philly, fine in Houston. Um, DeAndre Jordan, where could he go? Mm, that one's a little bit harder. Houston, if if Capella's, if this whole Capella thing goes a little bit longer, I think they, could they take just signed Jordan. Kenneth Reed. I know Kenneth Reed looks great. I I mean I would almost take that flip if I was New York. What like, about DeAndre Jordan to Golden State as a backup to Boogie? Then you get what, he like more Kevon Looney and Sean Livingston in return. Yeah, it was usually a bit more defense. I mean, you could. You could also throw him in uh, Pelican's land because they need a center now. <laughs> uh, Enos Cantor, I feel like, would be good in the playoffs. I almost think that he's the one out of those three that you should keep. Yeah, but they won't, though. I feel like yeah, they'll, they won't. they'll just completely like gut this. Are they get, should they? Would they will, will they flip DSJ? Because if you're the Knicks, if you play DSJ, you might lose out on the Zion sweepstakes. Yeah, but they could still keep him, right? And just not play him? Yeah, but I mean, how do you... Okay, so so let's let's look like, at the future any, here. Like, what, what could you... <laughs> you got your four point guards. You can only <laughs> keep one of them because you got to flip the other three to make money make sense. I think I'd, if it was me, I'd probably keep DSJ or Trier. I mean, I'd dip the other three. How do you keep DSJ and not play him? Because he doesn't have any injuries, and it's like, like, you know, to get away with like the whole lottery conspiracy. Like, you can't just, you know, if you're gonna tank, you gotta like at least kind of feign it pretty well. Okay, so think about the trade now. Like, they just lost Tim Hardaway Jr. How many points per game was he scoring? Like like twenty-one. Yeah, uh, and Courtney Lee and Trey Burke. So that's probably like 35 points there that DSJ has to make up. I think they'll be fine tanking. DSJ's last game as a Mav was a triple-double. Like, this guy can ball. You know that there's going to be like a... upside. You play him because he's your only thing now. You raise his trade value because he's putting up huge stats. You trade him to Phoenix because they need a point guard. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, we're yeah, making. Like my, my problem was like in Dallas, he doesn't have the ball, right? Like Luca has most of the ball, and TSJ needs is like is a ball handler, and in New York, he's gonna be the ball handler, so he gets a ton of minutes. So it's like he's gonna play thirty five minutes a game, take twenty shots, and he's gonna put up like thirty five points a night. And they're still gonna sheer lose. Volume shooting. And they're and still gonna lose. I, I don't know if they're still gonna lose. The Eastern Conference is really bad. <laughs> So I think you're totally okay playing him. Like I think it's okay. Like if you, you just think about it this way: the number one pick means is not as high of an odds as it used to be. So it's okay if you're number two, like not number one pick, but I mean number two in record, right? So oh yeah, yeah, it's a fl- it's flattened out the top, like the I guess the bottom. Like you have to out tank the Cavs seconds. and yeah. the and the Suns right now, which I know you are as New York, but. It's like one game apart. So it's like, all right, we played DSJ. Yeah. He puts up 40 in one night. So what? We just raised his trade value by like $10 million. Yeah, but the problem is this draft class is not very deep. Like, I feel like once you get past Zion, RJ, five, Joe Moran, Cam Reddish. Yeah, it's like top five and then everyone else yeah exactly so it's like and and the bulls are not, like the bulls are also pretty bad and they're not that far behind the knicks and and then there's a the magic <laughs> and the, you know the pelicans are gonna like full-on tank now and memphis is getting involved like this could be a really competitive tank through going through march i think i think the i think the strat is that you arbitrarily raise dsj's value by <laughs> good stats bad team as always <laughs> 
you get someone else really stupid to bid on him, like the Suns or the Wizards, because they want a John Wall replacement, or like somebody like that, and you use it to like flip for like I don't know Bradley Beal or something, you know. All right, let's turn the conversation a little bit more on to the Mavs, right? So, within the span of what ten months, they have flipped Trey Young into Luka Doncic and DSJ and a Kristaps Porzingis. This is some like masterclass GM moves, right? Yeah, right. Like the old <laughs> like our NAC last year was like, oh, are the Mavs like the worst run like? you know trade agency in like the past 10 years like ever since dirk right and now it's like oh they might have the title now <laughs> like it, like there's been articles going out that say like uh the luca trey young deal was good for both sides it's like no f no you're fucking wrong dude like like oh luca no no trey young put this out so i saw this so uh trey young was being interviewed so i mean i mean he was kind of forced into saying this stuff and i think it was from rachel nichols or like brian winters or like you know like one of those espn people right and they were like trying to put up the narrative that like oh you know what like did both sides win in this trade and trey young's like like he has to say yes he can't be like no luca is clearly the better player the hawks of clearly like like he has to say that like yeah it's, it's a trade that worked out for both sides like it's it's a good trade like uh so yeah do you think that this was also like a signal to Luca that, hey, you're a rookie and you've been playing less than one year, but we're trying to win a title now? Like, do you think they're trying to say, hey, Luca, we, we really value you so much that we're trying to win the title like within the next three to five years? Like, we're not trying to win this, you know, after you've become like a vet and everything, like six years in. We're trying to win this title like in a very short window from now i think it does show that it's it shows like the uh commitment yeah because think about these last few superstars that have left teams it's like they didn't feel the commitment from the front office to help them win right away you know and i mean luca's a guy that has a championship dna so he obviously wants to see you know all of his pieces working to help him out however i think that from the mavs perspective might be pushing the gas a little too early. Like, you know, I'm not sold. We haven't seen KP play. Like, this could be a total flop. Like, if you had done this with Boogie, like, people would be saying a similar thing. Like, mm. you know, none of us were sold on Boogie being good. Like, back to where he like, is now. Yeah, like, not as efficient. Yeah, like, this kind of efficient Boogie that they got. Where he's At like the same time, like, this is KP's minutes, best yeah. team he's been on, right? So sure. and the offensive load is going to be less because of Luca, because of Harrison Barnes. Hardaway. Yeah, I mean you've got uh, you know, he's got the least amount of burden on him. He's probably, if anything, like the defensive anchor now. So that's kinda neat. Probably the best coach he's had. Yeah. So I mean it's it's a win win for KP, right? You get out of the hostility in New York, you get a better team, you're probably gonna make more money. No state uh, income tax. Yeah. Big house. He's not, like he's going to get a new contract. You're he's further away from home, but you know, you're with Luca and Dirk. So those are like your two idols right now. So. And you're near San Antonio, which is also like four in heaven. Yeah. I mean, minus the churros. So I think it's great for KP. I think the, you know, I think this is overall like it can't go wrong for Dallas as wrong as it can go for the Knicks. The core of Luca KP is that good enough to get a third guy to come in? Be a really interesting third guy, Lonzo. I was gonna say it had to be like a point guard, right? Because <laughs> you've got to have someone that is like your CP to your Harden, you know? Lonzo or Rondo would be amazing in this. It'd be funny to see like. Rondo go back to Rick Carlisle. That would be the trip right there. I think you need Lonzo. I think Lonzo's like a guy that's like, he's not, he's pretty chill. He seems like a really chill kind of guy. What about like Drew Holiday? Ben Simmons. Okay. Now you're just, you're, now you're just throwing out superstars. I was trying to be realistic. Like, what if you got like Mike Conley or Drew Holiday out of this somehow? It's like, okay, that'd be I, solid. I like, I like Mike Conley because he kind of shores up their, their defending. And they both make sense. I mean, you need a starting point guard. 
or shooting guard. Plays on and, and off ball. Uh, Good passer. KP, yeah, you can play KP at the five and Gasol at the four. And they can also kind of reverse it in-game as well. Like, they can kind of go back and forth between playing the four and the five between each other. Seems all right. What about, like, um... What about Bradley Beal? If they could somehow get Bradley Beal on this team, because I feel like he can play off the ball, he can stretch the four, you let Luka be the ball handler. I don't like it. I don't like it for the same reason I don't like Jimmy on this team. Too much of an ISO guy, I think. Really? You don't think Bradley Beal could kind of roll off screens? And... I think Beal recently, without John Wall, has been more of an ISO guy. I mean, yeah, but that's out of like necessity. I feel like he could be like a... Like... Like kind of how Clay plays sometimes, where you know he's mostly off ball, but if you need him to take like the second unit, like he can he can run the show. I mean, I need a rain check on that one. I'm not. I don't feel good about it. All right, what's the uh, Anthony Davis to the Lakers? Is this happening by February seventh by the trade deadline? Gosh, that when is that? That's actually just a week from now. Uh, I kind of hope it doesn't really. I, I I wish it'd be something that we weren't expecting, like AD to Portland. <laughs> like that'd be insane, right? Or like, oh, so I I would love it if Portland could pick him up. The problem is if they don't get Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis gets traded somewhere else for a year, that's gonna be two years out of the four that they have LeBron signed up for, where they're realistically not making it into the Western Conference Finals. That would make um, Magic a failure right now, right? Because he missed out on Paul George. (laughs) He would have missed out on Anthony Davis. Potentially also missed out on, like, Kyrie or KD. Like... And Kawhi. That's, that's like... Kemba? That's, like, five strikes. You're, like, way out. Like, that's huge. Like... You gotta seriously think about that now if you're GM of that team. So should the Celtics flip Kyrie? For Anthony Davis right now? Uh I guess. Like if if if, if this whole Kyrie in New York two max slots you know, conspiracy, you know, starts to kind of materialize. The Celtics should flip Kyrie. Otherwise, he can just walk away, right? Like, if it looks like, oh, Kyrie's going to head to New York this summer, then the Celtics have to make a move on flipping Kyrie. Otherwise, you've lost this guy. Yeah, that is true, right? But I thought the trick was is... To get Kyrie and AD together? Yeah, I think that's what they want to go with. And they can't do that until the summer because of the way the clauses work, right? Yeah, but by then you wouldn't be able to flip Kyrie. But Yeah, by then Kyrie could walk. So that's a really hard predicament you're in now. I didn't think about that. Holy crap. <laughs> like, do you, do you take the chance that Kyrie's going to stay? If it was me, I would feel pretty okay with that. Like, I'd feel like 80, 80% there because of all the stuff he said. But at the same time, Kyrie's a pretty smart dude, and he said a lot of that shit in Cleveland. Well, I think the real problem is it all depends on how the Celtics play in the playoffs. Like, if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, that has to be a huge disappointment. Like, this is the team that we were expecting to pretty yeah. much be the best team at knocking off golden state like not even just the best team in the east the best team outside of golden state yeah it was golden and... state boston houston i think and like i was like yeah i mean you and i were kind of fighting over that third spot like i had i had okc but yeah, yeah i mean clearly like it was gonna be the celtics should be way better and they're not and if they like what if they end up as a five seed and they play like indiana without all the depot and get knocked out in the first round what <laughs> What are you saying? There's no way Indiana knocks out the Celtics without Oladipo. All right, what if they end up... All right, so we got to assume that Indiana's going to fall, so Philly and Boston move up their rankings. So Boston gets a four, and let's say the Hornets... Who else would come in? Maybe the Nets. If you're number four or five, you could easily match up with, like... The Wiz. 
let's say the Wizards yeah. or or the Pistons go on just an absolute tear after the All Star break, and they get the five, and Boston's the four. Kyrie and that, game, and that series, yeah, and like that that series goes to seven games. Just Blake Griffin can, is just somehow, I don't know, he's just exploiting all the matchups down. Step there. back threes. <laughs> yeah, just just you know, he, this guy's putting off like they're just winning all their games in in Detroit. Like Boston, for some reason, is just garbage on the road. Like this has to all kind of factor into Kyrie's mindset, right? Like the whole point is that like he wants to win a, a title. Like he's not in it to win like a couple of series. Like he's trying to he's trying to get to Golden State and I think Kyrie feels like he could beat Steph. Well, we we mentioned this last time that Golden State is scared of two things. Kyrie and LeBron James. And maybe James Harden. So yeah. I think Kyrie <laughs> thinks that this is their year to actually contend in the finals without LeBron on his team. I think, however, that if you're the Celtics staff, behind, in the back of your mind, you're thinking Kyrie's a very injury-prone guy that always seems to get injured in the playoffs somehow. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Hmm. He's got. He's got, kind of got the, his draft stocks kind of going up right now. His trade stock had a couple well, really I mean, high assist is, games, a lot of wins in a I row. Mean, Kyrie is the best point guard in the East. That's that's like unquestioned. He's an All Star, like like starting All Star. He's, I, I would say, with five minutes to go in any game, he's probably one of the more clutch players in the league. Yeah, no, and he's only like twenty. 526 somewhere around there all i'm saying is they up his draft stock up his trade stock get some wins give him like 30 and 12 games trade him away yeah i think this would have to wait until after the uh the draft like actually happens i think you have to find out where zion is could you imagine the celtics flipping it so that way Kyrie is like they send away Kyrie to get zion could be part of that new york deal Man, that's all right. Where should the bull? Where should Bulls Mellow go? Bulls Mellow, put him back on New York. That's just how you prevent DSJ from winning too many games. You get Mellow right. back on New York. How, how seriously do you think the Lakers are considering buying Mellow? Probably zero. Oh, really, I think it's actually like. 50 50 that they actually that mellow will be a laker oh they already have beasley so why would they want mellow <laughs> more, i don't know i feel like mellow i think like mellow can still bring it banana boat yeah that's i mean lonzo so lonzo has said well he wants to be either in chicago or the new york knicks will lonzo become a nick and big baller brand move to the other coast double headquarters that i think that's pretty cool that's a cool idea make a lot of sense i think lonzo would pair well with a bunch of superstars only problem is then you're taking up uh the elite point guard spot i think it costs too much money too so um obviously he's not going to go to the pelicans as his final stop i mean he might be there for like a day but what should the pelicans do with drew holiday and miritich and julius randall if they end up kind of trading picks, away Anthony Davis picks, and picks. <laughs> Think how good uh, those players are on another team. Like geez Louise. Let's say there's actually a lot of good uh, I don't know. I don't like buyout slash trade playoff guys like Drew Holiday, Meritage, Julius Randle, DeAndre Jordan, Enos Cantor, uh I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? West Matthews like Conley Gasol, yeah, like that's that's an awesome pool. Put all those guys on one team. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's probably enough to get you in the playoffs with all those guys. The Brooklyn Nets. Surround all that time with D'Angelo Russell. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I would be down. I'd watch. I'd watch a couple of games. They've got like seventy million in cap space. <laughs> all right. How do we top this trade? How can how can this trade be topped with either 
by the February 7th deadline or by the uh, July 1 kind of summer deadline. The Spurs, man, they need to get in the mix somehow. The team we're not talking about enough. I know they've been kind of uh, getting their act together in this new year, but they're still not very high in the playoff race right now. And, and you know, the DeRozan experiment isn't working out quite as well. It's like they could easily need one of these guys. Like put Drew that's, Holiday on the Spurs. That'd be pretty good. That Spurs team reminds me of the 2014-15 Spurs where they could have easily gotten the third seed, but they ended up dropping because of like two games down to like the sixth seed, playing the Clippers, and then getting bounced out in the first round by that CP3 bank shot. That's how that Spurs team kind of feels to me. It's like, oh, they're in fourth place? Yeah, I could see it. Oh, they didn't make the playoffs? Yeah, I could see it. Just, I I think it's time. Like, you know, Pop's on his way out. You're obviously not like contending. But you don't suck enough not to be in the playoffs. Welcome to being a Knicks fan. <laughs> it, I don't know. It feels like that team like could do better. Like it, it seems like the team's not bad. It just needs like a little spice somewhere. See, my my kind of I guess surprise team that I'm surprised hasn't actually been involved is the Kings. From the Kings, I've got a lot of this weird talent that you could kind of flip. Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking at Buddy Heald now as, like, potentially most improved. Marvin Bagley, even, like, Marvin Bagley, Willie Cauley-Stein. Dude, I love Willie Cauley-Stein. I got him in the video game. He just fucking blocks everything. It's amazing. Uh, who's that other dude guy they have? Jerry, Harry Giles. Harry Giles, yes. Like, like that's also another decent asset. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Kings get involved in some kind of weird, like, like they're the third team to unlock some other like Anthony Davis trade or something. Yeah. Them or Phoenix could uh like be a third leg in a branch somewhere. All right. We'll wrap up with uh it's been five years since Adam Silver has taken over uh the NBA's commissioner. Pretty good run, right? Five years? Five years ago was what year? Two thousand fourteen. We were just rolling off the uh Donald Sterling. Actually I think Adam Silver was presiding over the Donald Sterling thing. I think that was like his first his first real commissioner act was the so five Donald years Sterling. ago, what was going on in the NBA? We got a uh, LeBron took his red wine vacation from his first year in the Cavs. Uh we didn't know that Golden State was about to dominate for the next half decade. Yeah, we, we knew, still thought we that a jump shooting it. team would never win the championship. <laughs> Uh, the Clippers, though, we they knocked the Spurs, out the Spurs. Yeah, the Clippers were going to be like the two best teams in the West. We said that for so many years. The Clippers, it's their year, beginning of every year, and it never panned out. Yeah, I guess if we think back then, let's see, Mello was Derek a Rose Maze has come back. Well, Mello was a Nick. CP3 was a Clipper. Kawhi was a Spur. Kyrie was a Cav. Kevin Love. Oh, yo, Kevin Love is about to come back, right? Like he's got to play some games here. Uh, JR was JR and Mello had a nice tandem on the Knicks. Yeah, you're forgetting this was uh, Gordon Hayward was on Utah. <laughs> this was the last Rose Butler Bulls year where they played against the Cavs in the playoffs. Jeez, oh, yeah, that was a great series. Gordon Hayward was actually alive. Yeah, Gordon. Uh, Utah was like up and coming. They're like, oh yeah, well, they're gonna be, they're gonna make the playoffs. We thought Andrew Wiggins might actually pan out. Anthony Davis makes the playoffs against Golden State. Uh, the University of Kentucky basketball team was like 30-0. and 0. Yeah, we thought they were better than the Sixers. Remember that <laughs> argument? <laughs> we thought Embiid might be the biggest bust <laughs> for being out for like three years in a row. Adam Silver, job all done. Yeah, a lot's changed. It's definitely, it's been much more exciting. I think from a, you know, from a populist perspective, from a games perspective. Yeah, well, I think his best move was the whole social media thing, right? Just unlicensed. Oh, like, yeah. Like Absolutely. Like open it up for everybody. That has unlocked the NBA potential, the I think. The content has been insane. I think the some of the technical aspects of the game are a little more frustrating. Like the nice the nice parts is you know they did less timeouts, shorter timeouts, the fouling changes. Um, Actually, the, the game has sped up a little bit. Like 
games are now more closely to like two hours 15 than like two hours 35 they flow a lot better it's not so many stops yeah the sports betting thing is i think is gonna be the interesting thing so that's you know that's a relatively new and i think it's gonna be like a year before we start to really see this kind of permeate the game itself all right well uh super bowl is tomorrow oh yeah we gotta talk about nc state basketball so this game just happened so nc state just lost two hours ago 47 24 at home this wait, is wait, wait, wait what was the score 47 24 virginia tech okay this is the lowest scoring total for nc state in the shot clock era ever dude ah all right the over under on that game was 152 points Actual seventy one. Jeez. <laughs> All right. From the three, NC State was two of twenty eight from three. Seven percent. Seven goddamn percent at home. What the fuck? So, so a much better version of this game was a uh, Golden State versus Philly two nights ago. That was a good game. Yo, that was a damn good game. Clay didn't play. Oh my god, Ben Simmons. I fucking love Ben Simmons. It went down to the wire and bead, and then I thought Jimmy Butler was gonna fuck it up at the end because he turned it over like three times. Oh, yeah, it was dude, such game, a good game. That game though was weird, man. No clay. So they didn't really have the three-point game because I think only Katie hit one three and then Steph hit like the other ten. Yeah. They shot but like Katie uh, was like kind of anonymous in that game. Yeah. Like they tried to play Boogie at the end, which kind of backfired because of Embiid. Yeah, that was that was fun to watch though. Like that's like a matchup you never see. Like twenty four points total, ten points in the second half. Harden, Harden has put up twenty five straight games of at least thirty points. Let, let's put it this way: Braxton the, the Beverly's NC played... State team almost has more wins than the NC State team, the men's team scored in that game. <laughs> and Yo, hasn't yeah. lost. Shout out to that women's team, dude. Top way, way to represent. But like Braxton Beverly. Played 33 minutes, which I think was a most for NC State. Zero points. Zero of 12 from the field. Zero of nine from three. Zero assists. Like, what the fuck happened? Can I get a full lowlights compilation, please? <laughs> Golly, I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh, my God. And Virginia Tech only played like seven guys. Like, a real short rotation. Wow. Just uh, all right. Well, they're probably out of the top twenty-five. It's probably a good thing. Yeah, we're Super we're flipping back to the NBA. We're, we're we're on the women's NCAA now. That's that's what we're talking about now. We're gonna change our scope of our podcast to uh, Mississippi State, UConn, and NC State. <laughs> Let's do it. And with that, folks, we will uh, leave you to your wonderful Super Bowl weekend again. This has been your Heart in the Pain podcast. We always appreciate your questions, comments, concerns, and feedback in the uh, you know comments below, or you can find our emails and whatnot in the description. And we'll be back uh, next week for All Star All Star season, yeah, and probably a trade. <laughs> like ninety five percent sure there's a trade. Please, <laughs> please be more trades. Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis. Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz for Anthony Davis. Who says no? My podcast <laughs> says no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>